Welcome to the Inside Syracuse Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Waters. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by sports writer Adam Zagoria of Zags Blog and NJ.com. We talked about our experiences at the Peach Jam. Syracuse commits Donnie Freeman and Elijah Moore. Syracuse target Kyan Anthony and the changing world of college recruiting. Well, welcome back to another edition of the Inside Syracuse Basketball Podcast. And uh, I'm happy to bring in uh, a longtime friend of mine, uh, one of the top guys in the business, especially uh, when it comes to recruiting. Um, you've read him in the New York Times, uh, NewJersey.com, the New York Star Ledger. So in a way, he's part of the uh, the advanced family with us at Syracuse.com, uh, Adam Zagoria. Uh, Adam, it's good to see you here because you know, I just got to see you at Peach Jam down in South Carolina just a few days ago. That's right, Mike. You got your first Peach Jam experience. I hope you had fun down there. It's it's everyone should go to Peach Jam at least once in their lives. I agree. And if you do ever go to Peach Jam, you definitely want to go to Beanie's on the River uh, for some great uh, Southern seafood. I, I highly recommend it. I don't know if you made a stop there, Adam, but I go. I went to Nacho Mama's down on Broad Street. That's my spot. <laughs> I saw that but place. I saw that. You got to get the, got to get the peaches and uh, and they have those spicy chicken sandwiches from uh, Chick Fil A's. Nice. Okay. Very good. Um, all right. Well, we'll put our rest- restaurant recommendations aside and and talk about a little bit about recruiting. Uh, you know, it was really interesting to me uh, this past weekend. I got a chance to see a couple of kids that have already committed to Syracuse in the class of twenty twenty four. One of them was at Peach Jam. That was Donnie Freeman or Donovan Freeman. Uh, he's like a 6'8", 6'9", forward out of the Washington, D.C. area. Now, I got to see it myself, so I might bounce a, a couple thoughts off of you, Adam. But first of all, I just want to get your opinion. You know, what kind of player is Syracuse getting in Donovan Freeman? Well, first of all, Mike, they're getting a winner, right? I mean, that's – you talk to all these coaches. I'm sure you talk to Red Autry. These guys want uh, DNA of people who – have been in big games, know how to win, know how to compete. And you're getting somebody from the DC area plays for takeover. You know, let's just remind everyone, this was takeovers third peach jam championship since 2010 that tied Mocan elite for the most, they've been in five finals five since 2010. So takeover is as good a Nike EYBL program as there is, you know, he was playing alongside, you know, Darren Harris, who's going to Duke had, 28, I think, in the final. Oh, yeah. You know, there are guys on that team being, you know, going to Rhode Island, being recruited by, you know, UConn, Providence, all the big schools. So, um, you know, he, he's a he's now he's a champion. He's a Peach Jam champion. So that's going to, you know, if you're a coach, you want that kind of DNA in your program. You know, he had that one dunk I think you and I were there for. Maybe that was in the final. He had the transition dunk that kind of made the highlights. And, you know, Syracuse fans will love that. Um, you know, long athletic guy can shoot it a little bit. Seems like for the mid range, can get out in transition, can guard a b- multiple positions. Um, you know, defend, alter some shots in the post. So I think he'd be a perfect guy for the for the zone. And I guess we'll see how we know how much Red is going to use the zone. I think he might have it in his arsenal, but yeah. from what we're hearing, I think he wants to play more man to man. Yeah, yeah. And I liked it. I watched. I watched Donnie Freeman. Watched all the Syracuse recruits with that in mind, like not just zone anymore. But you know, Donnie yeah. Freeman, he's got the athletic ability to step out and stay in front of 
obviously power forwards, fours, but also I could see him, you know, be switching on the perimeter and being able to stay with a with a three guy, maybe even a two for a short stint until you back up. And then, you know, we I think you and I were at the game when they played Mo Can Elite. And when Patrick Nagamba went out of the game, Donnie Freeman switched to the five and was guarding the seven foot two kid, John Bull. Yeah. I, mean, I know John Bull doesn't weigh more than 200 pounds, but he's still seven foot two. Yeah, I, I think he's in today's, you know, modern parlance, he's a multi positional guy, positionless. So uh, everything you're saying, he can guard multiple positions, he can play multiple positions. So that's, you know, that's the kind of template that coaches want nowadays you know the other thing i want to ask you about regarding donnie freeman he committed to syracuse after the coaching change jim Beheim had retired he he commits when red autry's the head coach brendan strawn's been hired onto the staff joining alan griffin and jerry mcnamara kind of interesting to get a commitment from a kid like that with the new staff isn't it yeah i mean i don't i didn't have a chance to talk to him about that maybe you did it'd be interesting to see his take on uh you know our kids is red autry you know he's younger he's a little hipper than you know we all love jim Beheim, but he was you know of a certain generation and and red's obviously a lot younger and you know comes from a different background you know played uh knows has known a lot of the kids for a long time so it'll be interesting to see if the kids make any comments specifically about you know their relationship with red and and why they chose him yeah, I, I think yeah, I think overall red, red Red is just such a personable, you know, likable guy. Everyone likes him in the industry that he's going to do well in recruiting. Um, and, you know, obviously he's going to have to win games on the court. You know, the other kid that has committed to Syracuse in the 2024 class is, is a guy from, from your New York City area there, Elijah Moore from uh, Cardinal Hayes High School in the Bronx. I'm sure you've seen Elijah play a lot. Um, I got to see him play just once this past weekend. What do you think of Elijah? Yeah, I mean, he's a great shooter. I was actually just texting with his um, high school coach this morning. He said he and Ian Jackson, who are who's committed to North Carolina, are both about 500 points behind Jamal Mashburn's all-time school record at Cardinal Hayes, and he called him the best shooter we've ever had. So that's some that's some pretty high praise. And, you know, obviously when you're talking about potentially breaking a, a record set by Jamal Mashburn, uh, you know, you're into some heady uh, company there. But, yeah, you know, all co- again, all coaches want want shooters and, you know, guys who can space the floor and, and shoot it. And that's certainly what Elijah Moore does. Yeah, and it would be one thing if you had one kid approaching a 20-something-year-old record, but to have yeah. two kids in the same class – that's a lot of points being scored uh, by a high school team. Yeah, and you got, you know, two kids going to the ACC, obviously, and Ian is committed to North Carolina. There's a lot of talk that uh, he end up may end up flipping, go to St. John's and play for Rick Pitino, but, you know, that hasn't happened yet. Um, but it's good, you know, it's good for New York City basketball, which has been sort of perceived as down, quote-unquote, for a while now to – have guys like Elijah and Boogie Fland at Stepanak and Ian Jackson, you know, playing at the highest levels of high school and grassroots basketball, um, you know, kind of putting New York City back on the map a little bit. The, Elijah Moore can definitely shoot in his last 
two games up at the uh, Adidas event in Rock Hill, South Carolina. He made seven threes in one game and nine in the other. I mean, yeah, nine so threes in 32 minutes. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, Joe Girard-esque. It's a lot of three. And, yeah, he can really shoot the ball. Uh, what I like is, is he's not just a standstill three-point shooter. He's got nice lift. You know, it's a jump shot from three-point range. Yeah. No, he's got good form, and obviously he's been coached up well by Joe and the guys at Cardinal Hayes. And, again, you could never have enough shooting. I mean, you know, that's that's what wins games. And then, you, you know, you obviously want guards who can penetrate and draw the defenders and then kick it out to, to guys like uh, Elijah who can, you know, bang home a three. So it'll be fun. You know, anytime Syracuse has guys from New York City or New York area, I think that – I mean, you cover the team. I would think that adds a little – a little juice around the team, right? I think it definitely does. It makes the uh, the non-conference trips trips to the Garden, you know, because I know Syracuse still tries to play games at either Madison Square Garden or at the Barclays, you know, like they did last season. They played two games at the Barclays. It makes those trips a little bit more fun, you know. If there's a kid or two on the team from the New York City area, and they'll they'll draw a cheering section, and just the sure. New York City alumni. Uh, you know, they have somebody to get behind. Maybe Cardinal Hayes's uh, Cardinal Hayes's attendance is probably going to go up this coming season with all the Syracuse fans wanting to see Elijah Moore. Yeah, you know, I'll tell you if we get a uh, you know St. John's if Rick Pitino gets St. John's going and we somehow get a uh, Syracuse St. John's non conference matchup at the Garden, that would really be fun, wouldn't it? That would be awesome. <laughs> we love those games. Well, another kid those. So Elijah Moore and Donnie Freeman are the two guys that have committed to Syracuse. Um, I think that gave the Syracuse coaches a chance to be very selective in who else they looked at in the 24 class at Peach Jam. But I watched the coach. I was trailing them around. They were watching a lot of kids that were 25 class, 26 class. I even caught them one time watching New Heights, uh, an AAU team out of the New York City area. They were watching eighth graders. Yeah, wow. That's a huge advantage, isn't it, to be able to, like, make yourself seen to younger kids in an event like that? Yeah, I mean, you you know, all these schools like Syracuse, everybody, they have to plan, you know, a couple of years in advance now. And, you know, I'm sure they have big boards in their recruiting in their offices at Syracuse about all their targets in 25-26. I mean, we should just mention here briefly, Mike, that the three biggest stars, the big three that I wrote about today on Zag's blog, at the Peach Jam, we're all class 25 and 26 kids. Cam Boozer is the son of Carlos Boozer. Cooper Flagg, those guys uh, both played in the 16s. And A.J. DeBonza from Expressions, who's a Massachusetts kid. Um, so those are kids in the classes of 25 and 26 who are the three most talked about best players at the camp. And then after that, you know, Dylan Harper, probably in the class of 2024, was the most you know, best, most hyped senior. So there's a lot of talent in these younger classes. Obviously, you know, I'm not sure Syracuse is going to get Cooper Flag or Cam Boozer, but um, to get to your point, they are targeting and recruiting those classes. But that's also been made complicated by the transfer portal because, you know, you talk to any of these coaches and they'll tell you five, 10 years ago, you could plan out your roster. Hey, we're going to lose our point guard to graduation. After this year, we got to go recruit a point guard. Now you got, you got kids entering the portal in June. I mean, go ask Rutgers. Go talk to Steve Peichel. 
He just lost two kids, Cam Spencer and Paul Mulcahy, to UConn and Washington, respectively, who entered the portal in June. And now, you know, you got to replace those guys. So while Syracuse and these other schools obviously have to recruit and know who the class of 25, 26 guys are, you know, at any moment, their roster could be thrown into disarray when two, three, four, five kids transfer after the year or a couple kids transfer in June. And then you got to go, you know, a high school kid isn't going to help you there. You need right. to go, you need to go get a transfer. And that's, that's kind of the the world we're in now where, you know, coaches have the option of getting a 22, 23, you know, Javon Quinterly is going to be 25 next year playing college basketball. And these guys are grown men as opposed to recruiting high school kids who are 18 or 19. Um, so I think, you know, Adam Finkelstein, our friend from 247, he made a good point on one of the broadcasts that maybe the ideal model now is kind of what Alabama did last year with a one-and-done star like a Brandon Miller, maybe two of those guys, surrounded by veterans and older players and transfers. So I think maybe it'll be interesting to see if more schools kind of go with that model. Yeah, and, you know, I was actually going to get to your Zags blog of, of this morning when you talked about – Cooper Flag and Cam Boozer and uh, uh, AJ Devance's kids and, and all the young ones and they really were the talk of Peach Jam. It, it wasn't the kids that were going to be seniors in the fall. Yeah. Um. So I was going to get that, but since you did bring it up, another friend of ours, Matt Norlander, wrote a piece talking to several coaches about the whole transfer portal and how that's going to affect roster management. You know, and to your point, like maybe you don't bring in as many high school kids as you used to because you're only going to lose them probably because you can't keep everybody happy. It's impossible. They're going to transfer and you want to be old at some point. So you want to have spots to bring in transfers. It probably also depends on what level we're talking about. Yeah. I mean, like John Calipari and John Shire at Duke and Kentucky, respectively, you know, they might manage their rosters a certain way, but a guy at, I don't know, St. Bonaventure, Rutgers, Manhattan, uh, all these other, the different levels are going to have to work it very differently. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you know, for a long time, the model, you know, for the last decade was kind of like <clears throat> Calipari started the one and done thing. Could you win an NCAA championship relying mostly on one and dones? And, you know, the, it was really only twice that it happened. Uh, Kentucky in 2012 with Anthony Davis and Michael K. Gilchrist <clears throat> and then Duke 2015 with um, uh, Jaleel Okafor and Justice Winslow and Tyus Jones. Um, and now you see Cal kind of going, you know, he's got the number one recruiting class in the country this year, but, you know, he's also, you know, brought in some key transfers like Trey Mitchell for, from West Virginia. Um, you know, Duke every year now brings in a couple transfers or grad transfers. So you're right. Those, those schools are going to continue to be in the mix for the Cooper flags and AJ DeBonses of the world while bringing in some transfers. Um, and these other, you know, lower mid-level schools are, they're going to, you know, also work hard in the portal to fill needs. And then I think plug it here and there with a high school kid that they think they can develop and will stay with the program for a couple of years. Because another part of that is you're a, a low major or mid-major, like a Hofstra or whatever. You get a kid, you develop him for two, three years. He becomes really good. You know, Tyson Walker was at Northeastern. He's a New York city kid. He, he, transferred to Michigan state after a couple of years. So <clears throat> it's almost like the low mid level schools are 
you know, like the minor leagues or the, the training ground for the high majors to just pluck off and, and take their kids after a couple of years. Yeah. I, I, I do feel bad for coaches that like, you know, in the Metro Atlantic or Northeast conference, um, cause you do, you have to worry about players being poached. You know, another thing that's going to change the, I think, you know, the recruiting landscape is NIL. Yeah. And it's, and it's not like what a lot of fans think that, Schools like, you know, Kansas, Kentucky, North Carolina with big NIL coffers are going to like get the best high school recruits because they always did anyway. Or they're going to steal other players from other schools because that happens anyway. We were talking about the transfer portal. Kids just want to go to a higher level and win. Where I'm actually have heard a few coaches last weekend at Peach Jam. They're only taking a couple, two or three high school kids because that's all the NIL budget they have. Yeah, that's they have to save NIL money as well for transfers because that's where the real money comes in. Like when a transfer is is going from one college to another, he has a better idea of what his worth is. Um, so I'm like, oh my God, it's it's not just roster management, it's almost like a salary cap management or something. Yeah, Yeah. well, it's those are great points. Excuse me. Um, yeah, I mean, you saw like Villanova hired, um, uh, Baker Dunleavy to come in and essentially be their NIL guy. He's like a, he's like a capologist in the NFL. Um, And now, you know, I think St. John's is going to do something similar. Duke had, you know, a year or two ago hired somebody. So you're going to have to have like a, you know, a capologist or a president of basketball operations to, to manage NIL and manage your money because that, first of all, the coaches are technically not supposed to be involved in that, but it's also just too much, you know, head coach already has to deal with all his current players and any kind of knucklehead nonsense that goes on and coaching and, you know, recruiting, but, you know, to throw an NIL on top of that is a little too much. And then you mentioned the money. Yeah. A guy like Hunter Dickinson, right. Reportedly, I don't know what he got, but there were reports he was getting offered $2 million from, you know, by Kansas and Maryland, he ended up at Kansas. So this is like, you know, serious money for a college kid before he goes off into the real world. And, Anybody out there who begrudges these kids getting that money, that's, you know, that's ridiculous, I think. Yeah, I don't I don't begrudge them at all. Uh, if the money's there, I'd rather, you know, I'd like to see it go to a kid. Um, you know, they're the ones on the court earning it, right? Uh, yeah. Somebody thinks they have value. But, you're, you, you know, you are going to have the haves and the have-nots. I mean, I know you covered the Big East for a long time, and, you know, now I cover the Big East. And, you know, some of these schools, like, you know, Seton Hall, I cover and, you know, they don't have their NIL situation is not ideal. Um, you know, UConn's got a pretty good situation. Rick Patino at St. John's has sort of made his own NIL situation because he's got a lot of uh, friends in the business who, you know, have money boosters. Um, but a guy like a Shaheen Holloway at Seton Hall, it's, it's harder to get players. He still needs two players to fill his roster out now in mid-July. So, um, you know, the sort of downside of it is it's it could create a haves and have nots, which we've always had in college basketball, let's face it. Mm-hmm. But it's more going to be about who's got the NIL money and the boosters. You know, before I get yeah, we, the, the, I love talking about the big topics and the big subjects, but I got to bring it back down to just uh, talk about a player again, a recruit uh, before we get out of here. And that's Kyan Anthony. The, uh, the son of Syracuse legend Carmelo Anthony. 
He's playing basketball. There, I mean, I know he was at Christ the King last year for about half the year, he, but he's transferred to Long Island Lutheran. You've seen him play. What are your thoughts on on Kyan? Yeah, I think he's a you know he's a solid player. Um, you know, he's obviously being recruited by some you know some good schools, and you know they're making him available now, which is like you know we could never talk to Ronnie James like never talked, but Kyan, you can actually now like text and. Uh, you know, get in touch with Kyan. He's doing stories. I guess in his last text, he told me he heard from Michigan, Kentucky, Yukon, Arkansas. You know, obviously he's got the Syracuse offer, uh, Providence, Florida State. So, you know, there's just some pretty serious schools that obviously all have legitimate interest in him. Um, you know, I do think it's uh, it's kind of cool for, you know, Carmelo was at Peach Jam and LeBron was there. So they're there. Really, you know, Kyan wasn't playing, but these guys are there supporting their 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 sons, and they want them to live their own journeys and and take their own path. And you know, let's face it, these guys are never going to be their dads, just like Michael Jordan's kids weren't. You know, Bronny James, whatever he becomes, he's not going to be LeBron. But they have their own, you know, path to follow. Yeah, and, you, and it's interesting what you're talking about in terms of Kyan being so available. You know, I thought it was going to be a hard get at Peach Jam. Uh, to, yeah. to, to, but I wound up with the easiest one-on-one uh, was yeah. with Kyan. He was totally into it. Uh, we sat yeah. him down. We did it on a video. Um, it ran with a story that was on Syracuse.com on, on Tuesday morning. Uh, so we put together this great video uh, by our videographer, Scott Tremble, who was down there with me. Uh, and the kid's just amazing. You know, he's great. He talks, uh, you know, you can ask him anything, ask him about his dad's influence, what it's like playing in his dad's shadow. We know the the whole legacy thing. And he's just for, I guess he's 16. Um, he's, he's so, so polished. What was the, what was the best thing you learned from that? Let me see. Best thing I learned. He said he got his outgoing nature and a sense of humor from his mom. And yeah. he got like the his nature is to keep his uh his um his inner his circle cl- close. He goes, yeah. I, I'm friendly with a lot of people, but I have just a certain set of close friends, and that's kind of like his dad. But I wanted to ask him about his mom because we always associate him with dad. He's Carmelo Anthony's kid and everything. Um, and I'm like, well, let's ask him about his mom and, and his traits from his parents. And he's his eyes kind of lit up. He, I, I think I had asked him something maybe he hadn't heard from anybody before. Uh, so that was kind of fun. But on a basketball and recruiting standpoint, he did say he's not worried about coming to Syracuse and and being in his father's footsteps or having that shadow. It's not something that he, he's going to shy away from. However, he's also not a lock and he knows he's got to pick the school that he's most comfortable going or maybe has playing time or whatever else it is. So uh, basically, he was noncommittal on the recruiting front. Yeah, I mean, look, Adrian Autry has a son who's... Um... You know, he's not at that level, but he didn't go to Syracuse, right? Right. Trey, Autry's uh, going to be a freshman at George Washington in the fall. Yeah. 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 So, and I think Fran McCaffrey told me one of his sons, I think he said the brothers told the younger son not to go to Iowa and to go somewhere else. So, you know, that happens. But, uh, you know, you got the Boozer twins. Obviously, there's a, you know, there's a sort of expectation that they're going to end up at Duke. But John Calipari and Hubert Davis were both there you know, recruiting them, they're, they're really good players. And I think there's a sense that Kentucky has a legitimate chance with them. 
you know, look, these kids want to be recruited, right? There's a, you want to be wanted. You want, you want schools to offer you and take you on visits and, and be wanted and have choices. You no, know, if you're Kyan Anthony, you don't want people thinking, you know, you're going to Syracuse and no one else should contact you. If you're the boozers, same thing with Duke, Cooper flag, people think he's going to end up in Duke, but you know, Dan Hurley and UConn are out there recruiting him. So, you know, they want to go through the process. They want to be courted. But in the end, it may come down to just, you know, the relationships, right? Like Syracuse obviously has deep relationships with Kyan and the family. The the Boozers obviously have deep relationships at Duke. So, you know, we'll see. It'll, it'll be interesting if any of these kids don't go to the school their father went to. It will be interesting. Fun to follow. Uh, Adam, listen, this has been a great and fun conversation for me. I'm glad you were able to join us. For folks out there, this uh, was Adam Zagoria. You can read him stuff at zagsblog.com. Uh, sometimes he's at our sister paper, new, uh, Star Ledger at nj.com. Um, and if he's not writing, he's out on the ultimate Frisbee field. It looks like it's a beautiful day for Frisbee, Adam. And I was wondering if maybe oh, you wow. wanted to toss a disc around, right? Oh, look at that. Look at that. Here, I'll get mine right here. <laughs> I got mine right here. <laughs> I actually played a uh I actually played a summer league game last night and our team won. My calves are hurting a little bit, but they weren't that bad. And then I'm playing an over fifty nationals next week in Colorado. For for the folks that don't know, the whole Frisbee uh a bit here, Adam is a longtime and outstanding ultimate frisbee player going all the way back to your college days, right? So I went to college nationals back in the 80s. So that just shows how old I am. <laughs> and pretty damn good, too. You take care of those calves. All right. Thanks, Michael. Great to talk to you. All right, dude. See you, Adam. Bye. I want to thank Adam for joining me on the podcast today. And thanks to you out there as well for listening in. Please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast and follow all of our complete coverage of Syracuse basketball on Syracuse.com. Until next time on the Inside Syracuse Basketball Podcast, I'm Mike Waters.